Hi, I'm Kara. And I'm Ari. And you're listening to It's Up To Us. A mother-daughter podcast where we explore how each of us can be good stewards to one another and our planet. On the show, we'll have open conversations about building community, protecting the environment and its creatures, and taking responsibility for creating the world we want to live in. Each week, we'll discuss the small daily actions people can take to create big change over time, whether it's how we shop, travel, or treat each other. Consider this your invitation to join the movement. Pull up a chair as we share ideas and call out injustice. The future is ours for the making and it's up to us. Okay, so this is our first ever episode. Welcome. And um, this has been years in the making, I feel like. So um, first of all, Ari has two sisters, two older sisters, and um, this kind of was born around the dinner table right Right. but not with them no not with (laughs) them they're in college they're gone but when we were all still together and we would sit we try to have dinner every night together that was kind of our family time Mm -hmm. um to talk and to catch up on the day and invariably somebody would bring up a topic like um a current event or something that was going on or something they'd read about and then we'd enter into this discussion um about whatever it was so if there's something going on in the country and we thought oh man that's terrible i can't believe that's happening and then we would relate it to well, what can we do what can we do over here when that's happening all the way over there um and so we kind of this just evolved into hey we could do a podcast title it it's up to us because we each have a part um, that we can give to make this world a better place, basically, right? To be good stewards to not only one another, the living creatures that live on this planet, um, the planet itself, but breaking it into doable chunks of like, what can I do? Yeah. Yeah. So we originally started to formed this podcast like over a year ago. Right. Um, We got the advertising stuff. We got our logo. We got music. um, And then we kind of just fell out of it. Yeah. Well, um, we are not IT people at all. I mean, we try. Like we're using one microphone because we still can't manage to get (laughs) two of our microphones um, hooked up to do the sound. So if you're an IT person and you're wanting to help us, we'd love your help. Um, So that was like a stumbling block for us. And um, just putting all the pieces together. And um, Ari is homeschooled and she takes online classes. Um, and so life just gets really busy, I think. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah. So I think as I believe all in God's timing. So here we are starting yeah. it. Ari's a, a junior later. in high school now. And yeah. I was like, if we're going to do this, we need to do it or you're going to be graduating and gone too. So, yeah. so here we are. Um, so that's basically how it came to be. This was how this whole thing was kind of birthed. And um, we're just going to explore topics from, um, you know, humanity, how we help each other. Um, Ari is very interested in um, conservation, but around animals. Mm -hmm. Um, So she, you know, has a real interest in that. My background is I was a science teacher. So I've taught everything from pre-K to high school, and I love life sciences. So I think we're going to kind of blend that um, so we can talk about and like, 
you know, how to take care of our, our planet and our living creatures that occupy it. So um, hopefully we'll explore a wide range of topics. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> so today though, Today, um, we're going to be talking about debunking the so-called killer, quote-unquote, whale. Um, this is a topic I'm really passionate about because I think that they are really misunderstood. Um, but within that, I think it's important for us to have a healthy dose of fear for orcas or killer whales. Um, because I think people kind of lean one side or the other, like, right. oh, they're pretty much humans in an animal form because right. they're so smart. Let me go swim with them. Or no, they need to be killed because they're so, so dangerous. dangerous. Um, so I think that it's important to kind of find that happy medium where okay. yeah, you have a healthy sure. dose of respect and fear, um, but you don't want to, you know, take them out of our They're important or, yeah. you know, how, yes. So we don't want to destroy them, but we want to learn to live with them. I think that's super exactly. important. Okay. So first of all, I have a question. Maybe okay. you can answer, maybe not. Um, so they, they are orcas, but how did they get the name killer whale? Are we going to talk about that? I think that that stems from I didn't actually specifically research that. Okay. But within my research that I did, I think it stems from, and we'll kind of talk about the origins of where the fear of killer whales come from. Um, but when fishermen, like back hundreds of years ago, were catching salmon, which is um, a primary food source, the orcas obviously, just like dolphins are attracted to shrimp boats in the bay or whatever, but obviously learned, okay, well, this is where all the salmon are going to be this is where the fishermen are and so they would come and steal their catch okay. and then i think i don't think it stems from humans because there's zero cases of documented cases that um, an orca has ever killed anybody in the wild okay um yeah. so i don't think it's from them attacking humans mm -hmm. it's more from them stealing fishermen's catch okay that's, yeah, I think that's a good point that there is zero record mm -hmm. of them killing um, humans in the wild, which we'll talk about more later. Okay. All right. Well, let's dive okay. into it. Nice. <laughs> okay. So I think the most important thing first here is understanding orca behavior. So in order to do that, we have to understand the different types of orcas. So there's three main ones for if you want to get more specific or more if you you know, really want to narrow it down. Um, but the main ones are transient. Um, you can tell that an orca is a transient orca if they have a straighter dorsal fin. Um, they have rev resident orcas, um, which have round rounded dorsal fins and more saddle patches, saddle patch markings. Mm -hmm. The black uh, one. Yeah, yeah, so that's like behind their... Um, dorsal fin is it's almost looks like a little heart wow. it's and it can be white or gray so um depending on the type of orca they'll have it will be more prominent less prominent white gray just depends um and then there's also southern resident orcas those are smaller and have a more rounded dorsal fin as well and then we have offshore orcas so offshore orcas um we know the least about so okay. they remain up to nine miles offshore. Um, they're a little bit smaller. We'll get into more like where they live, what they eat and stuff, but we really don't know a lot about them. 
Um, so orcas <laughs> are in the same family as dolphins and um, some other whales that we call whales, but they're really part of the dolphin family. So, okay. Yeah. Um, so now let's get into their diets and where they live because that can tell us a lot about an animal. So orcas are found in all waters pretty much, but they prefer colder waters such as Antarctica, Norway, Alaska. Um, resident killer whales can be found anywhere from Russia to California. Offshore orcas, similar to residents in like where they live, how they look and stuff like that, um, have the largest range from Eastern Alaska to Southern California. And then transients are found all through the Eastern North Pacific. Um, so yeah, they kind of, I mean, they've been seen kind of everywhere. I was about to say, some point it's a time, wide range. But if you're in colder waters, you're most, most likely, likely to see them. Okay. Yeah. Because that's generally when I think of orcas, mm -hmm. I think of cold water areas. Yeah. Yeah. But they can range to other places. Other, I mean, I mean, I feel like most water's pretty cold, but. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess I'm thinking, you know. But yeah, I mean, like Antarctica. Right. And yeah, well. Okay. We'll get into that later. All right, all right. All right, so residents only eat fish, like salmon. Um, transients mostly eat marine mammals and squid, so. Okay, like seals, because you see videos yeah. of them, like, chasing seals. Yeah, we'll stuff. get into their hunting okay. um, techniques okay. later on. Don't worry about all right, it. all right. Um, and then offshore orcas mainly eat sharks and squid. So, interesting the thing about this is because, um, here's a little fun fact. I'll tell you a little story. Okay. Um, a few years ago, randomly, great whites started appearing off, you know, like beaches off the coast of California, wherever, and they were just bitten in half. And um, scientists were really confused by this because great whites are more known as like top of the food chain, yeah, like apex, apex predator. predator. Nothing's messing with them. So this caused a lot of like unrest of like what is in our ocean we've only discovered or whatever a like, small percentage two of part, our oceans whatever yeah. yeah um so what's in our oceans blah 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 well we figured out that in all of these corpses of these orcas there was only one thing missing and that was their in liver the sharks oh in mean, the sharks yeah, in the sharks there Sorry, was guys. one thing missing which was their liver and so come to find out that orcas really like the liver of animals and because great whites are huge they have a good liver full of really great nutrients huh. so they would attack these sharks just for their liver oh wow um and wow. also orcas live in pods and great whites don't they're solitary animals so they were easier to target because yeah they could just kind of corner great whites i know poor guys yeah, just um, for their liver. just for the liver so right. um let's talk about now how they hunt this is so interesting to me yeah and it really shows their intelligence so orcas use coordinated hunting strategies like hurting fish and stunning them with a tail strike um so basically it renders the fish unmovable so then they just swipe in there okay. um or creating waves that knock their prey off of floating ice um this is something that we learned about in sea camp um because the amount of skill and cordon Coordination. Coordination. Yeah. It takes to like a pod of orcas, which right. are like two to 15 animals. And then they're you have to, they're communicating. Whatever. And then they're locating 
a seal or yeah. whatever, well, most likely ice, a seal, yeah. above the water right. on the ice. Um, they'll use this thing called bobbing, I'm pretty sure is what it's called, um, where they'll go like horizontal and yeah. jump out of the water to see, to locate where the seal is. Wow. whatever they're hunting okay. and then they'll create waves with their tails or just with their bodies in general that knock the animal off the ice or break up the ice so that the animal gets knocked Falls into the water through. yeah um so that's pretty nice. crazy okay yeah. um so being so intelligent they're at the top of their food chain like we said earlier how they're killing great whites that's a pretty evident sign that they are pretty you know dangerous um so now their social structure so orcas are very social they live in groups of two to 15 animals called pods like i uh, mentioned earlier um so orcas normally stay in the same pod for life um, but larger groups can be formed in mating social interactions or hunting for prey so they kind of form little parties yeah and then hang out together okay same yeah um so killer whales use echolocation like dolphins um to hunt navigate and communicate with each other in the eastern north pacific each pod has its own specific calls these stand as family signets and communication within pods so this is another thing that is very specific to workers is that they have their own language okay. per pod so just like humans do how we speak different languages depending on where we live that's the same thing with orcas. Okay. So that's super interesting because you could be in a pod yeah. just swimming around and then all of a sudden you hear whistles, taps, whatever, but you can't understand them. Because that's what I was going to say. So they don't understand no. necessarily each other? I don't think so. I think okay. there is because they get together in groups. So right. I think there is like common. They can communicate. They can communicate, level, but, but they they're also have. Their own have language. Yes, exactly. Wow. That's um, so that's really smart. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Sure. Um, okay. So before we jump in. So they might be like gossiping about each other and stuff. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, before we jump into the history of killer whales, um, here are some basic facts. So the lifespan for male orcas is about 30 years, but they can live up to 60. And females can live for about 50 years, but can live up to 90 years. So wow. females are older, and females also hit sexual maturity at about 15, which is when they start mating. Okay. So in the, I mean, world of animals, yeah. that's pretty old Yeah, to that's start. That's a good lifespan. Yeah, long. Yeah, and that's pretty old to start mating as that well. Is, yeah, 15 years. Yeah. Wow. Um, almost like a human. Yeah. Um, so orcas are mostly black with white around their eyes, on their undersides, and behind the dorsal fins. That's the saddle patches we were talking about. Um, okay, now this is probably one of the more interesting things is the orca-human interactions. So this is something that's been very publicized in the media. Right. Like they've been just, they've been out there wrecking some havoc on things. Yeah. Upsetting sure. people, which has not helped the, no. their um, character. And humans have been upsetting workers. So, yes. yes. So, um, here are some reasons for orca human interactions historically. So our first records of interactions between orcas and humans start in 100 BC, um, where these mammals were symbols of courage, fertility, but were still feared. And we also see that in Native Americans, they also had 
the same kind of symbol of being um, known as courageous or fertility, stuff like that. So pretty similar. Um, in the early stages of colonization in America, Europeans influenced the attitudes towards killer whales, making them a mindless monster. Because like I said earlier, you know, they were fishing, they would come and steal their catch. And then obviously right. the fishermen weren't a fan of that um, over in Europe. So when colonization was a thing in America, that just transferred over. Um, so uh, then in the 1960s, I don't know why I sound like that. <laughs> in the 1960s, <laughs> um, the US military used orcas as target practice for um, their guns, pretty much like their machine guns and stuff like that. Really? Yeah. Well, that's awful. I know. Just because they were, so they were on ships, I'm assuming. Yeah. Or I think in some cases they would be on land. Um, more, I think that was more for like missiles though. I have no idea. Oh, so I don't understand. The thing. Using them. Yeah. Well, because awful. there was already this stigma around orcas that they're monsters that, you yeah. know, all so they do is kill. Might well kill so might as well get something out of it for the military as well. Um, and then of September of 1962, Frank Brocato, question mark? Sorry if I mispronounced your name, but I'm really not because I'm not Just a big fan of you. Frank. Good old Frank. Good old Frank. Um, was the first to capture a live killer whale for his park called Mainland. So um, her name was Moby wow. Doll, the first ever um, captured killer whale. And she died three days after her capture. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. And this will lead to the trend of capturing orcas. So they captured, that would be interesting to see how they capture them. Um, I saw some pictures and it kind of looked like they would bait them with yeah. food. And then they just had huge nets that they would just oh, okay. get them Super stressful in. for the animal. Mm -hmm. and Definitely. Then you put them in just a tank. Like just a big a water tank. tank. Yeah, like literally a bathtub, which we'll get into the size comparisons okay. of that. Okay. Um, so the difference between orcas in the wild and in captivity. This is super important for people to understand because we're really only exposed to orcas in captivity um, right. and their behaviors there. But it's really different from how they act in the wild. Right. So okay. in the wild. And that goes for animals across the board. Like, yeah. In they will act differently in captivity because they have to react to certain circumstances that they wouldn't be act, having to act towards in the, in the wild. So. Yeah. So in the wild, pods can include various generations, but in captivity, pods um, can be modified and changed at any time. Um, so this can be very traumatizing because it's literally like you have your family and yeah, then you're taken away from your family. You're, Family members are just being switched out, yeah. and and you might speak different languages. And you if might that's speak what different we're languages. About orcas, it's going to be yeah. very traumatizing. So in the wild, orcas can travel up to a hundred miles per day and dive up to two hundred feet. But in captivity, they don't have so much space. It's estimated that a typical tank, in a typical tank, an orca would have to swim around the tank nineteen hundred times in order to get the same amount of exercise as they would in the wild. On a daily basis. On a daily basis. Okay. So that's like yeah. if you're being put in a bedroom. And you just keep walking around And you just circles. keep 900 times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So that'll drive you insane. That will stress you out. 
Um, and then they can't dive either. No. So not not that deep. No. So this is believed to be the cause of a dorsal fin collapse we see in almost every captive male orca. So if you go on the web right now and look up, um, you know, captive male orca, you'll probably notice that their dorsal fins have flopped over. And so scientists believe that this is the cause of it. Okay, because going back, back in the 60s, they started capturing orcas and and putting them into these facilities, into mm -hmm. captivity, straight out of the wild. Um, but now we're 2024, we've bred, bred them. Orcas. Yeah. So now we might no longer be capturing them from the wild. Yeah. But, okay. Okay, so one other thing, let's just pause there for a minute and talk about this because there's always controversy about zoos or mm -hmm. marine parks or anything. Um, and I don't want to say that they're all evil and bad yeah. because definitely there are facilities that they rehab injured animals mm -hmm. that can't go back out to the wild. So this gives them, you know, life that they yeah. wouldn't otherwise have. Um, they're being used for educational purposes mm -hmm. so that we can learn about them. Um, and so there are instances where, you know, animals in captivity, they, it happens because they're yeah. not, they're not safe for one reason or another to be in the wild. I think generally speaking though, for orcas specifically, right. I can't speak for all the other animals. Orcas are huge, right? <laughs> there is no sustainable way to keep them in captivity. Right. So if let's say you find an orca uh, that's injured and it's been washed up on the beach and you take it to rehab, whatever, then once that animal is safe, you need to put it back if in the can, ocean. If it's able to go back into the wild. Exactly. Unless it sustains some sort of energy. I mean, injury, injury that doesn't yes. allow it. But generally speaking, it's not a it's, sus better it's not sustainable for the right. Orca. Right. Um, and then, so then it's a difference between, you know, conservation education to entertainment purposes. Exactly. And that's where I think a lot of us have issues with it because, um, they're, it's crossing that line. Yeah. Of, it's not, it's abuse. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. And okay. I think that also purposefully breeding orcas for entertainment and to be kept in captivity, yeah, I guess it is adding to their population, but it doesn't make a difference if they're not in the wild right. doing what needs to be done for our ecosystem, like right. what their job is. Um, so, yeah. Right. Not to say that all facilities are horrible and evil. Right. And not to just, say that they're, you know, being abused in the sense of being mistreated, but we're looking at it of... Well, other, that can happen too, though. That can happen too, but we're looking at a more broader term as well as just that it's not health, you know, it's not living its best life no. when it's being in a tank. Um, it's not to say that, yeah. So, okay, so interesting. Yeah. So um, orcas can also become more aggressive due to the fact that different orcas from different regions are being forced to live together. Um, just like pods have their own language, they also yeah. have their their own mannerisms as well. So that's one of the reasons that orcas can become aggressive in captivity. Um, this aggression also transpires to humans. Um, there has been zero documented cases of orcas harming a human in the wild, but over a hundred cases at a facility alone. So, okay, we'll name the facility, yeah. but 
Yeah, you know what they are. Um, and I think that's because, yeah, like you said, they're under a lot of stress mm -hmm. being in these facilities. They aren't um, doing well. It's like, you know, if you had a dog and you kept it in a cage. Yeah. A little kennel all the time and mm -hmm. it never came out. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately that happens too. And that is not, um, you know, it's gonna, you're gonna end up seeing some behaviors that yeah. that dog probably wouldn't have displayed otherwise, but because it's, you know, been yeah. contained like that, it does. Think also two things. One, if the trainer of a certain animal is being abusive, obviously, uh, for an animal as powerful as an orca, yeah. with the size and their and their key there element, there goes our light. Um, <laughs> there goes our light. Sorry. Um, and their their natural. Ha I mean, you know, the water. They are more powerful in the water than humans are. So obviously, they're gonna have an advantage there. Um, <laughs> Sorry, if you're listening to us, I'm trying to put some light on us for our YouTube broadcast will just be kind of dark for this um, um and then also um there is and i think this kind of goes for a lot of animals apex predators in captivity there is no i mean you know obviously you can form bonds with animals but i also think that there is a certain level of communication that cannot be reached in between an animal and a human so while an orca might think oh i'm gonna grab your ankle and drag you down with me that's not maybe for the orca thinking, oh, I'm gonna try and kill you. It's right. more, oh, we're playing. Right. Um, so I think that there is a difference in that too. There can be a lot of different hard things going to, on. Yeah. I think the important thing that we've learned so far about orcas is they're very complex animals. Um, they're definitely intelligent. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, their habitat is the wide open ocean, yeah. you know, and um, it's very hard to um, imitate that same environment on land mm -hmm. because the ocean is vast. I mm -hmm. mean, we have some really cool aquariums that have smaller species of fish and things yeah. that have you More know, for their size, yeah. they have, yeah, it's very sustainable because their size is so much smaller and they have these huge aquariums. Um, but, you know, to put this something that's basically mm -hmm. large and <laughs> yeah. a very small space, I think causes some problems. So I think what we're getting at with it's up to us is it's up to us to protect these creatures mm -hmm. and to try to help them live safely and the habitat they were meant to live in. Right. Yeah. So, but as you have other things you could tell us about them to help yeah. us to not be afraid. I think we also don't want to be afraid. We're trying to debunk that idea that they're after us. Like if you're right. in the ocean that they're going to come for you. Yeah. So, um, I think now we should get into how to live harmlessly, harmoniously. Okay. Um, Perfect. Since we just talked about kind of all of yeah the aspects yeah, so of them are some things. Um, so killer whales are protected by the Marine Mammal Protection Act, also known as MMPA. Though the southern residents have been listed as endangered still, so we still have a lot of work to do on 
protecting these okay. animals. So the island waters of Washington have been listed as um, a critical habitat for southern residents, thanks to NOAA fisheries. So this pretty me pretty much means that they are protected in these waters. You so NOAA is working to recover their ecosystem by controlling pollution or helping to control pollution, um, reducing noise and other disturbances, habitat restoration, and salmon recovery um, because that's their main food source. Okay. Okay, so that's talking about how we can help save them. Um, now let's talk about the threats. So entanglement, orcas along with many other sea creatures can get entangled in fishing gear and this causes the animal to drown, starve, or um, causes severe injury. Um, lack of food, overfishing can cause decreased amounts of prey, causing death and lower reproductive rates. Um, and then oil spills. This is just a few of their threats, sure. um, but these are the main ones. Um, this impacts price sources, the accumulation of specific chemicals that are harmful, yes. um, such as those Blue. present in oil, including polychlorinated biphenyls. Mm -hmm. I think so. Yep. PBCs. Um, PBCs. Yep. So that's not great. Um, how to help. So you can take simple actions like starting, staying at least 100 yards away um, from all small whales or any whales at all. Yeah. Just don't do that. Um, Give them space. Yeah. Um, on land or in the ocean. So if they're washed up on the beach or if they're in towards the shore, stay away from them. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, report marine life you see in distress. Don't take action yourself. Um, I've seen a lot of people, you know, like a dolphin is washed up on the yeah. beach and then they put it back in the ocean thinking they're saving it, but it's a reason that it's beached. Um, so by doing that, you're pretty much killing it. Yeah. Um, so choose um, land-based whale watching. This can reduce underwater noise and the amount of boats in the water. Um, report any violations of any, like, rules marine rules that you encounter usually when you enter a beach they have a sign of no doing this 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 right if you see anybody doing that report it um choose safer cleaning products to help reduce toxic pollution volunteer in oil spill cleanups beach cleanups or any environmental projects invest in reusable water bottles and environmentally safe um, straws and utensils use reusable mesh slash paper bags um, don't support marine mammal parks that take mammals from the wild or that are known to be abusing their animals. Um, and then just be, a, be an informed consumer, I think, yeah. is the most important thing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's so much you can do just yourself. And um, like when you go to shop for seafood, for instance, mm -hmm. you can make sure that it has been caught um, in a responsible way that yeah. they're not leaving um nets out i don't know we can go into the details of fishing fishing safely yeah. um in another episode but there are things that you could look for on the packaging or you can ask before you buy it like how this was caught mm -hmm. um because it's not only a danger to orcas but lots of other sea creatures like oh, yeah. turtles dolphins sharks um sharks so i think you know if you can take that responsibility to not purchase items that you know could have caused harm um to some of these creatures then that's like 
something small that you can do mm -hmm. and easy to do that you can do. Um, and then if you're out on the water to just like, yeah, to just be responsible. Be... Don't jump in the water with wild animals. Yeah. Like yeah. even if it's a dolphin or. And sometimes they'll come up to you yeah. if you're up on the, out on the water. And the, the best thing is just to like stay still and, you know, mm -hmm. like, you know, you can watch them or view them, but try not to. When we swam with manta rays in Hawaii, we weren't allowed to touch them, but they were allowed to touch us. Exactly. So if they touch you, that's fine. That's you don't need to initiating. like push them. Up. But if you're seeking them out and they are obviously don't want to interact with you, that's a different story. Yeah. So, I mean, it's important to remember that these orcas are apex predators, mm -hmm. even though there's no known reports of them killing humans. Um, in the wild, um, you still need to, they have the ability, you still need oh, yeah. to be respectful of them. Um, and so I think, you know, this is great information because it helps people understand them better um, and be more respectful. Mm -hmm. um, and fear, whenever we fear things, we tend to act, I don't know, in ways that can cause harm yeah. because we're scared. So therefore we're going to yeah. like, you know. And I also think that an orca is not an animal that you are encountering in your everyday life. Right. Like it's not like a spider or a snake right. or something. Right. If you're living in Ohio, yeah, you are not going to see the orca. an orca in your backyard. Right. So. But what can you do is right. you can be a yeah, you can consumer. Yeah. But um, don't go out. There's, I mean, I don't know, if you're not around them, there's really no reason to fear them for yourself. Right. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. But this is good to you. know. And also, a lot of this is just, um, it's just, it's up to us to not continue um, the dialogue or the narr narration of there to be feared. Mm -hmm. And they're these awful things or that they're for entertainment and yeah. that they should be kept in these tanks as a to punishment keep or us whatever. entertained. Yeah. Um, so I think we just need to be very um, well-informed mm -hmm. and conscious of our dialogue that we have when we talk about like these kind of animals, because that's how all these crazy stories get started. Yeah. Right. Um, and we'll talk, I'm sure on future podcasts about different animals. I mean, we have apex predators in our backyard because yeah. we live on the water in Houston and, um, we have alligators in there in our backyard quite a bit this last year, especially. Um, and you know, alarm goes up and people who don't understand alligators, Sure, like I would not go down there and get in the water with them. That's for yeah, sure. Or feed them. But when, <laughs> if I don't bother them, they're not bothering, gonna bother yeah. me. And you, so you take precautions, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's what you do anytime. But instead of talking about, you know, they ate everybody's dog in the neighborhood or something, <laughs> do they have the ability to? Yes. yes. But that doesn't mean that they will. That we also have the ability yes. to kill people, but yes. that doesn't mean we're going exactly. to. So just try to be like, I think it's up to us to just have, um, to educate ourselves right on it, yeah. which you did an amazing job. Thank you. Um, Cause I didn't know all those things about orcas. I didn't recognize that there was like four different, types like mm. that i didn't either i learned a lot too yeah so that they weren't just in super cold water like mm -hmm. 
Antarctica. You know, yeah, Antarctica, yeah. which is where I always think of them. That's why, you know, when you see people who've encountered them, you're like, oh, where are you? Yeah. Um, so. And also, if you're not an outdoorsy person and you don't want to go out and, I don't know, clean up the beach or whatever, I would encourage you to do so. But Or if you don't have access to a beach, um, which is fine, but you can also um, find responsible organizations to donate to. And to help, to help, not just orcas, but any marine life or help to keep the oceans clean. Yeah, yeah, because that is their um, where they live. So we can do anything like that. That's helpful. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Okay. Well, I hope we debunked the myth of the killer Mm -hmm. whale on this first episode of It's Up to Us. Um, Thank you so much for joining us. And please um, give us a like and a follow on Spotify. And we also have um, an Instagram page Mm -hmm. titled Up up underscore uh, to us yeah it's up to us. we'll put it on our um we'll put it somewhere in the description also we're going to be videoing if everything goes well um these episodes and put them up on our youtube channel which will also be titled it's up to us so you can look for us there um any resources that we use to gain our information we will put on our instagram page in our youtube Put um, in the description of yeah. This so if you want to go and do some research on your own, you can. But thanks for joining us. Yeah, and we look forward to seeing you next week. Next week. Bye. Bye.